Tonight we're blessed because Pastor Pam is coming. She's got a word to share with us. I woke up this morning in the last few weeks. I've had somebody on my heart, whether it be Peter, whether it be David or Gideon or whatever that was, and I began to pray. And this morning when I woke up, I had Pastor Pam on my heart. So we were learning about great people in faith and great people of the word. And uh, Pastor Pam is a great person of faith and a great woman of the word. So she's going to come and share with us tonight. Give her a hand. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let's stand up together tonight. Make our confession together for the word of God and make our decision before we hear it on what is truth. How many believe the word of God is our truth? Amen. Well, let's lift it up and say it tonight. The word of God is truth. If I live the word, I will be blessed. If I don't, I won't. It's just that simple. Don't, don't sit down yet. We're going to do something. We are three weeks away from putt-putt. How many of you have been praying? I've been praying. But we're going to take a minute. We're going to pray corporately tonight. And this is what I'm asking all of you to do. Every day now, when you wake up in the morning, you call it in. You call it in. It is our assignment from God. It is our assignment as a church to have $100,000. God is sending Pastor Stanley to America. That was not an accident. We didn't invite Pastor Stanley. Somebody in Boston invited him. And they invited him this year. And they invited him in July. And they invited him at the time of our putt-putt. And he is coming a week later to receive what God has given him. Amen? And that is our confession. That's what we're believing. And let's take a moment and intercede. What, what Pastor John just said. We have to call those things in the kingdom of God. Those finances, they belong to Pastor Stanley. It's just coming through this church. It's not ours. We're not going to walk away with that money. Pastor Stanley's going to walk away with that. And it's going to do a work that God assigned for the Sudan. We're just instruments. Amen. But tonight, we're going to agree in this house that every single penny of that 100000 and over and above. Hallelujah. <laughs> Send it on in. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to you tonight as a body and we stand upon the word of God. We know what we were assigned to do. We know as a church we were assigned to have this putt-putt by God, not by a person. This wasn't a Pastor Bill idea, a Stanley idea, a Pastor John idea. This was a God idea. We thank you, Father, that it is ordained for July the 30th. And on that day, there will be multitudes playing putt-putt. There will be people from the north, the south, the east, and the west. And they will come. And they will come with a giving heart. They will come with a heart to serve you by helping the people in that nation. We thank you, Father, there is more than enough. And we call in $100,000 for Pastor Stanley, that he will take that home and everything that he has a desire from God, a desire that you've given him to finish, to help those young children in that orphanage, to help those people in that village, to help those children in his school, that all of them will prosper because of the seeds that have been sown. And I thank you tonight that there will be a multiplication of those seeds that are sown by this body and anybody who gives into that because God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him and release their faith in what his provision is. And we take it tonight. We receive it by faith and we will stand every day and proclaim our God is awesome. Our God has more than enough. Our God is bringing the harvest of souls through these seeds. He's bringing a harvest of finances to take care of of those he loves. And we thank you for the privilege, Lord, of being in that position to help you, to walk with you. We're participants. 
We are participants in a big blessing for people who cannot bless themselves. Only you can do it. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Hallelujah, you can be seated. Praise the Lord. God has been speaking to me that, um, uh, well, actually, the book that Pastor John talked about back in uh, May, I believe it was, uh, I knew that uh, Jerry Seville was going to be in Tulsa. It was on a weekend that I had thought about going to Tulsa. didn't get there, but that all that weekend, God reminded me, watch that program from Tulsa. And Pastor uh, Sharon had um, Jerry Seville there that night, and he got up and he began to share. And he sh- said, I'm going to share on my book. And it's this petition, the prayer of petition. And so I ordered that book. You know, God knows where we're at. Turn to your neighbor and he said, T- tell them. He knows where you're at. And, and what we have to do is have ears to hear what God is telling us to do. And then whether we understand it or not, just follow what we hear. That's, a, that's an act of faith. Everybody say faith. And, and as I uh, received that book, God began to remind me that we are living in a time where we're birthing new things. Everybody say birthing new things. And anything that's birthed is birthed through prayer. It has to come through prayer. Everything comes through prayer. And so I've really begun to read that book. I believe God has an assignment for me where prayer is concerned, and he's putting in my hand the tools that I will need to do what he's asking me to do. Sandy and Brad went down to uh, Kenneth Copeland's Faith Believers Convention, and Jerry Seville was there, and guess what he preached on? The prayer of petition. Now, when God does something like that, that is to bring faith and release faith so God can bring to earth what is in heaven. Everything that comes out of heaven to us comes by faith. It doesn't come by our good works. It doesn't come by the things that we hope and, and, and just, you know, expect somebody to drop in our lap. Faith is something we have to exercise every single day. And when Pastor John gave that message on Sunday, um, I had been praying in the park the day before, and God was speaking to me about faith again. He's been speaking to me about prayer and faith. The prayer of faith, you know, it says in James chapter 5, will raise the sick, you know, bring them back to life, raise the dead, cause things to happen that we can't cause to happen. A prayer of faith, it's called. And so when I was uh, just hearing from the Spirit of God, I felt tonight to share with you what he said to me. It was actually about a month ago he spoke this to me. And uh, when I told my husband this, he said, oh, a message for women. So Pastor Bill is in here tonight because I've, uh, he's in trouble. No, not really. <laughs> he, has a, he has an appointment. But he, it isn't a message just for women. He always says that because, you know, women like to talk. But this is what I heard very clearly. Don't talk about anything you don't know about. I heard that one, one morning in the park. Don't talk about anything you don't know about. And I thought, well, what, you know, what, what am I talking about? He said, you're not talking faith. You're talking about what you wonder is going to happen based on what you know, but you're not talking faith because you don't know yet. Are you getting this? Are you hearing me? You cannot talk about what you do not know. Well, what is it that you can talk about? What God's told you. That's, that's the only thing you really know. Tomorrow, you don't know what you will face. I mean, we, we, we speak the word, we believe the word, we confess the word, but tomorrow when we wake up, we are going to walk through a day we've never walked through before. And if we don't walk by faith and not by sight, 
then we are not doing what God has called us to do because the Bible says that we walk by faith and not by sight. That's in 2 Corinthians 5, 9. It also says the just shall live by faith. And so God began to really speak to me that there were some things that he had planted in me, some things that were my assignment, my assignment, things that God has planted in your life that are your assignment to bring forth from heaven to earth. And if you don't do it, it isn't going to happen. It, it's not going to happen because somebody else is assigned to it. We're assigned to certain things by faith. And when Pastor John preached on Sunday, revolutionary faith, he's been really talking about revolutionary faith the last three Wednesday nights. When he talked about Gideon, he talked about David, he talked about Peter. Those people were told things by God, and then they had to walk those things out. And they had to walk them out by faith. They couldn't rely on what they see. And I believe there are some of us here tonight, my, myself already, who, whom God is speaking this to. But I want to tell you, there's some big things about to happen. And it's going to take revolutionary faith to get them into the earth. They aren't going to happen because somebody went to church on Sunday, sang three fast songs too slow, and cheered Pastor John on and went home. That is not going to make it. Because these things require a fight of faith. They are revolutionary. And as the body of Christ, we're responsible for what we've been told by God. Not what people tell us, you know, not by, by what we hear other people say, but the things that we've been told by God. And God is speaking to every person that he's called for specific things for this hour that we live in. It's just that for us, when we don't see them, we oftentimes start rehearsing what we see instead of continuing to say what God said. And it's critical. Everybody say critical. I, I promise you, some of you are sitting here today that are this close, <laughs> this close. But what you are saying, you can't get through because what you're saying doesn't agree with what God is saying. And you can be this close, this close. And I can promise you this. When you're this close, the battle rages. When you're this close, the battle is raging and it's not raging for what you can do. It's what you can do with your faith, what you're going to do with your faith, what you're going to say out your mouth. Now I want to give you this scripture, Hebrews eleven six. Uh, two months ago, God said to me, now this is your scripture and stay on this scripture until I tell you differently tonight. I'm just sharing with you in my life what has happened because I believe that God is a God of his word. And he hastens to perform his word. He hastens to perform his word. That means that we have to, first of all, believe this scripture that says, without faith, it is impossible to please him. Who? God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. How many people believe here tonight that God is? You believe God is. Okay. And that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Now, I believe that. I thought, well, God, I know that. I've, I've preached that, that scripture before. I mean, I know that. And he said, well, then your mouth needs to agree with me. Now, you know, I felt like my mouth was agreeing with God. But there are things that God has shown me that as I examined myself, I found that I was beginning to talk about things that I didn't know how they were going to come about. How many of you have ever had God show you something? And then... You get excited, but then you start talking about it with people. And then, and, and then you're talking about how my, God might do it. But by the end of the conversation, you're probably talking doubt and unbelief. 
Because by then, the devil has confused you by all your talk. Because you don't really know what God is going to do. You're talking about it, trying to find out what God is going to do. Am I the only one guilty of this? I'm looking at you, and you're all like, boy, you got a problem, lady. No. I believe God is going to encourage us tonight because there are things that are this close. They are this close in your life. And right now, you are in the heat of the battle, and what you are saying is not necessarily faith. And God said to me, you can't talk about anything unless I tell you. Well, I don't have near as much to talk about. <laughs> I don't know about you, but, you know, that kind of slows up the conversation when you don't. And, and he would check me on it. He would check me on it immediately. For instance, I, I didn't realize I had said this, but since Pastor John's the pastor, Pastor Bill and I, for those of you maybe who are here visiting, we pioneered this church in 1989. We've been here 22 years. We were eight years before that in Tulsa. That's about 30 years in ministry. And when we made this change, I, I, we knew it was coming. It happened. Everything was fine. And then when it was over, I was like, well, now, now what, what does this mean? Everybody say, that's not faith. That's me asking questions. You know what happens when you ask questions? You get some wrong answers. You get all kinds of answers. And God spoke to me way back a year ago. And he said, remember this. I am your source. Victory Christian Center is not your source. Pastor Bill is not your source. I am your source. Remember that. And never, ever talk lack. At the time, I thought, well, that I'm not talking lack. I mean, I'm a woman of faith. I'm preaching every Sunday. Everything's, you know, just going the way God told me it was going to go. I'm excited. But about January 30th, after we'd made all this transition, I was thinking, hmm, what if we don't work at the church anymore? I mean, we used to have a church. And now Pastor John's the pastor. What, what if we don't work? What if God calls us to do something that's not at the church? And immediately I heard, never speak lack. I am your source. Now, I had heard that probably nine months before that or eight months before that, but I didn't ever think anything about it. But I am so thankful that faith lives in me. I live by faith and not by sight. Because when that thought came forth and when I was going to go home and ask Pastor Bill what he thought, God said, he doesn't know either. I thought, well, now we're in big trouble. The chief doesn't know what we're doing. I don't know what we're doing. But I did know this, that I have no lack, that God is my source. And there were things God had showed me. And he said, start saying these things. Don't say any of that. Don't even talk about that. And, of course, I didn't obey that all the time. Don't look at me like you're so holy because I know. How many of you know that? That when you get in tight places, you know, you just have those thoughts. Some of you are sitting here tonight, and you're thinking, well, I know God said, but you know. And, and, and you want to so bad find out how it's going to happen or how God's going to do it. And so you think, well, I'll just get so-and-so to talk with me about it. And we'll call it prayer. We'll call it prayer. And, you know, when we, when we pray about it, then it'll be all right. And God said to me, it's critical. Don't let it out. Only say what I say. 
And you can't even pray about things if you don't know what I'm telling you to pray about. Listen, I'm telling you, this will bring your conversations to a quick halt. Because a lot of times we're talking about things we don't know about. And God said to me, when you talk about things you don't know about, you keep yourself from hearing what I'm saying. And I want to hear what God's saying. But I'm so busy listening to myself and what other people say that he said, you're blocking. You won't hear from me. But how many of you know silence is not always golden when it's God you're wanting to hear from? And so God wants us, number one, to know without faith, it is impossible to please God. What is faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Not seen. And we must believe he is. And number three, that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Now, faith comes, we all know this, Romans 10, 17. If you've been here any time, you've heard us say this. Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by and hearing the? Amen. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the? Not your mother, not your sister, not your brother. Not even Pastor John, Pastor Pam, Pastor Elizabeth. You have to hear from God. And you say, well, I don't hear from God. Well, that's a lie. John 10 says, my sheep hear my voice. And it says, God wants us to know what he's doing. Why does he want us to know what he's doing? Because he needs our faith. He needs our faith. Faith releases everything from heaven into earth. It was a principle he set forth into the earth. And so we have to live by this faith. It says in Romans 1, 17, the just shall live by faith. So that's, that's, a, that's already established. Now, I heard, Pastor, or I heard Jerry Seville say today, I turned on uh, Kenneth Copeland this morning for a minute, and Jerry Seville's on there, and he's talking about his book on prayer of petition. Now, now just, take, just take note of this. Everywhere he goes, he's talking about what God told him. Are you getting that? I mean, he's not just talking about the weather or whatever, somebody else. When he gets up to speak, he is talking about what God told him. And he's put it in a book, and he sent it out there. He sent out what he feels God is speaking to the body of Christ. And so, for me, I felt like I was supposed to listen to that. Now, I can either learn from that and begin to operate in that, or I can, I can choose not to. But if I'm going to walk by faith, in what God is trying to teach me, then I need to listen to what God's telling me to do. Now, I'm not saying he's telling you to go out and buy that book, but I know God's telling you something. And everything that he tells you when you do it, you begin to learn faith. You begin to learn to walk by faith and not by sight. But you have to do it. Second Timothy 3, this is what, what Jerry Seville said this morning, and I thought I, that's totally true. You have to believe in the integrity of God's word. If you don't believe in the integrity of God's word, then we might as well just stop right here and the message is over. Because everything that faith is based on is on the word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word. And so God's ways, which are not our ways, they're higher. But he said we can know them. All we have to do is ask and he'll show us. And so when he begins to release these things that he wants to bring forth in the earth and he begins to tell us what that is, how many of you have some things that God's told you? Let's just stop. How many many of you had some things? How many of you have ever prayed and, and you've heard God and you've been so excited? Now, that's just excitement. That's not faith. Because it's faith when you begin to exercise what God says and you're not moved by circumstances. 
I had God recently tell me and speak to me in the park, and he said, I will never change my word to meet the circumstance. However, if you'll use my word, I will change the circumstance to meet my word. Isn't that good news? Now, I should know that, but I like to be encouraged by the Spirit of God. That's why the Holy Spirit lives in us. But it's truth. Whatever God is speaking to you, the only way to begin to walk in it is to walk by faith and not by sight. What does that mean? This is what it says in 2 Timothy 3. All Scripture. Everybody say, all Scripture. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. Paul didn't just write what he wanted to write. He was inspired by God. Uh, none of the, not, Moses didn't write Moses, wrote the first five books. That, he was inspired by God. He had situations. He had seen God be God. He wrote those things down. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Now, every one of us are his workmanship, it says in Ephesians chapter 2, and we're created for good works. And these works were ordained by God. I mean, everything that God knew he wanted you to do has been put in you. There's a seed in there. Now, the only way for that seed to be productive is for you to walk by faith, for me to walk by faith. Because what God wants only comes about by faith. It's not here yet. There's a lot of things that aren't here yet in the earth. That's this revolutionary faith that we're talking about that God is speaking, and he spoke to this church on Sunday. If we're going to walk in revolutionary faith, then these things aren't going to be things that we can even maybe go ask somebody else about. They're going to have to be things that we really believe for that God's beginning to speak to us that we've never seen before. Not very long ago, God said to me, stay behind the ark. You know, he was reminding me of that story in Joshua where they were going to cross over in three days, but they said, stay back so you can see the ark. Stay back because you've never been this way before. What we're about to face, we have never been this way before. We have never raised $100,000 for the Sudan before. So I'm staying back a few feet and only doing what God says to do to have that 100,000 come into being. Pastor, Pastor Bill, Pastor John, they heard from God a way for us to do this. And we're proceeding with that way. They didn't dream that up. That's what they felt was the way God showed us to do it. So I'm praying for that way. And I'm making that prayer of petition based on that way that God said to do it. Because if God said to do it, then God's going to do it. We're not doing it. God's doing it. There are people out there who are going to want to give to the Sudan. Now, we're releasing our faith to participate in that by believing the, the plan that we have. God's going to bring it in. But we can't, stop, we can't start right now saying, I e, wonder if we should do. I may, maybe we should. How many of you know? That's talking about stuff you don't know about. And you know what he said to me? This, this really got my attention. This is how he first said it to me. He said it to me three days in a row, so I must not have got it the first time. <laughs> but the first, when he said this, don't talk about things you don't know about. Curiosity killed the cat. That's serious. I know God well enough that when he says something like that, we, we are not talking about give it a whirl or give it a try. We're talking about serious business. And I believe there's serious business in the earth. You know, there are multitudes of young people who need to be delivered by drug, from drugs. They need to be delivered. They can't get out of it. You can talk all day long about trying to 
counsel them out of it, giving them a 12-step, a 16-step, a 42-step program will not get them free. It's addiction. And the only thing that will break an addiction is the blood of Jesus Christ and the power of God. And that takes faith. That's every day saying they are free. They are free. No matter what you see, they are free. God is calling on the church to live faith. He's calling on us to live a revolutionary faith. And that's the kind of faith that's going to see all these signs, wonders, and miracles that they've been talking about for a long time that we're going to see in the church. It comes from revolutionary faith. It isn't some hot firecracker preacher. It is the power of God released through faith. Now, that firecracker preacher might have faith, and then you'll see it. But it is faith. Everybody say faith. It is faith that breaks down those barriers and brings those things forth. And so when it says all scripture, then we have to make a decision. Is it all scripture or is it part of the scripture? You know, when we have assignment from God, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. What if we really, really believe that? What if we really believe that? And every day we just were speaking that and expecting it like there was no question about it. It's God's word. I mean, it was inspired by God. He promised. And he won't break his promise. Why won't he break his promise? Because he's a covenant keeper. Hebrews 8 says, I will be your God and you will be my people. That's a promise. And that's covenant. You know, we don't understand covenant of that kind. But that kind of covenant can't be changed. That's why he says heaven and earth will pass away. But my word will never pass away. And so when God gives us these things, that's why it says in Mark 9, 23, All things are possible to him who believes. And Pastor John said it Sunday. The next verse is, Lord, help me in my unbelief. So if we're going to call out for anything, we need to be calling out for God to help us in our unbelief, not trying to figure out another way to do things that God's told us to do. How many of you, by faith, started a walk in some area of your life, and then you know you started helping God? Have any of you ever done? Oh, I've done that. Just recently, the Lord spoke to me and said, hey, we're both tying the shoestrings again. You want to get out of the way? I understand that perfectly. Because way long ago, in 1979, when I was a single mom, and I had three children, I didn't have enough money every week. And I began to try to think, well, maybe if I get a job, another job. And I was already working a full-time job. And I thought, well, I'll go to work at night. But I had three children. I was by myself in Tulsa. I had nobody that I could have my children be with. I would have had to find somebody. But I started trying to work it in my mind. And God began to speak to me. You're tying the shoes with me. He said, it's like both of us trying to tie a pair of shoes at the same time. I don't need your help. I don't need your I'll provide for you. And I had to walk by faith and not by sight and only have one job and let God tie the shoes. So you know what he does when he wants to to tell me something now? Or he wants to make a big point with me? Hey, we're both tying the shoes again. Oh, I know what that means. That means I'm not walking by faith. I'm walking by sight and I've gotten involved in what God's trying to do. And it's very important in your life where you are right now. Some of you, right before the breakthrough, right before faith just becomes reality, there, there's a horrible fight. And it's for this reason. It's to, to discourage us, to steal our confidence in God. Not anything, that, that, that's the bottom line. 
steal our confidence in God because all your courage to do the thing that God's called you to do is not based on who you are. It's based on your confidence in who God is. And so what he's trying to do is steal that. And that's why I believe God gave me Hebrews 11. He said, you must believe God is, and you must believe he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. What was he saying? Everything I've told you, I'm going to do it. That's what he's saying. And so he continued to say to me, don't talk about things you don't know about. How many of you have talked about a few things that you don't really know about? See, and if, if we become a person who says, you know what? I can't talk about it. This is all I can talk about. God called me to do this this many years ago, and I haven't heard any further instructions. Now, it doesn't look like it's working. How many of you have ever been there? This doesn't look like it's working. But I can't do anything until God tells me what to do about it. And how many of you know he doesn't always speak up right away? There's that, there's that period of time where you can't hear. That's when you cannot talk about what you do not know about. You have to walk by faith and not by sight. Matthew 4.4 4 says we live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And, uh, you know, in, in Matthew 14, uh, Peter, you know, got out of that boat when Jesus said, come. And then he saw the circumstances. And then he saw what was going on. Now, I believe God showed me this from that story just for something he was trying to teach me. He finally says to him, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? See, when you talk about things you don't know about, you are breeding ground for doubt and unbelief. It's not going to be, oh, we were just discussing it. No, it breeds, it leaves an opening for doubt and unbelief to attach itself to what God has already told you. And if you don't believe that, just think back over situations where God's told you something. And you didn't, you didn't have it in you really in your heart. It was in your head. See, when Jesus said, come, Peter jumped out of the boat and took off. Well, that, that was in his head. You know how I know? When the waves came, he went down to the bottom. When faith is in your heart, you, you don't back off. And so, you know, if, if, you don't, if your faith isn't there yet, then you have to work on your faith being stronger in your heart for the situation. But don't talk about things you don't know about. Don't talk about what you can't figure out. Don't talk about what somebody else is asking you about. You aren't committed to answer anybody except to say, God told me this. I've had that for many situations where people are saying, what are we going to do about this? I say, well, I don't know because God didn't tell me yet. When Pastor John called me this morning, I was on my way to breakfast with a lady out of town. And he said, I feel like you're supposed to preach. And God had told me, whenever Pastor John tells you to preach, that's when you preach. So I already got that word. I already know that word. So I called my friend and said, I can't come eat breakfast. Why? Because, and immediately she said, because you're on your way to the park. I said, absolutely. Because if I get up and preach and I don't know what God wants to say, then I have nothing to say. See, once you learn that, then you are committed immediately when anything happens to say, you know, I can't talk about that because God hadn't told me about that yet. And I'm telling you, there are naysayers to every faith thing you've heard. And they all come right along with their questions. Well, I thought you said. And, and they want you to start discussing. You know why? Because the enemy is using that 
to trick you to let go of faith and start talking what you consider to be just discussing the situation, what God calls doubt and unbelief. And doubt and unbelief is deadly. It, it, it will cause you to sink just like it caused Peter to sink. He started sinking because he looked at the circumstances. We cannot afford to be discussing that right now. And I, I was uh, really um, thinking of somebody that I could really use an ex- as an example of this. And I've been, I've been in this message Bible. And Paul, you know, Paul started out uh, just God stopped him on the road. You know, the story of Paul. And he, and he stopped. He was blinded. He couldn't see. And, and until a man came to tell him what God was doing, he still didn't see. But this, what God told this man that was going to go have to speak to him was, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell Paul the things he must, must suffer. Everybody say suffer. I'm telling you, faith suffers. Faith will suffer. Now, it isn't sickness and disease. God is not going to make you sick to prove that, you know, your faith is working. Nothing to do with that. It's suffering this way, not seeing what God said and still believing. That's suffering. Can you, can you say that's true? How many of you had God told you things and you're still waiting? And sometimes you feel like you're suffering. Paul, got, this is what it says in, in this Message Bible. I love how the Message Bible talks about things. But this is what it said. Uh, this this uh, Lord said to Ananias, you're going to have to go tell Paul what's happening. And he said to the master, don't argue. And he said, go. I have picked him as my personal representative to non-Jews and kings and Jews. God's picked some of you. He has picked you. And this is what I said. And now I'm about to show him what he's in for. Turn to your neighbor and say, oh. How many of you have been in for things and now you just found out it was because you're working for God? It isn't in for bad. It's in for good. But it says the hard suffering that goes with this job. There is, there is a, a suffering. And I'm not talking about being, you know, Paul went through beatings. Paul went through a lot of things. But whatever it is, your faith has to keep working. You can't stop just because. You can't just quit. And, and I, I think about Paul at the time. I'm sure he's very excited about his assignment. But he had many opportunities, you know, to, to begin doing what God called him to do. It says they laid hands on him and he started going. And it says in, in chapter 16 of Acts, this is what it said. He, As they traveled from town to town, they presented the simple guidelines the Jerusalem apostles and leaders had come up with. That turned, to be out, turned out to be most helpful. Day after day, congregations became stronger in faith and larger in size. I would say his ministry was flourishing, wouldn't you? And he's, he's doing what God's told him to do. They've laid hands on him. He's walking by faith and not by sight. If anybody did that, it was Paul. And then it says, um, they went to Phrygia and then on through the region of Galatia. Their plan, everybody say their plan, was to turn west to Asia province, but the Holy Spirit blocked that route. How many of you ever thought you're just going by faith and then suddenly you can't go that way? And so it says, so they went to Mysia and tried to go north to Bithynia, but the spirit of Jesus wouldn't let them go there either. So they got stopped again. And it says, proceeding on through Mysia, they went down to the seaport Troas. That night, Paul had a dream. A Macedonian stood on the far shore and called across the sea, come over to Macedonia. Don't you suppose he's excited? This is it. Here we go. And help us. The dream gave Paul his map. We went to work at once, getting things ready to cross over. All the pieces had come together. We knew for sure that God had called us to preach the good news. 
to the Europeans. He was excited. You know what happened in Macedonia? That's where he ended up in the jail. Beaten. At midnight. And you know how I know he was a man of faith? He was singing hymns. He was not discussing how in the world did we get in this mess. Now, didn't we think God told... See, that's the beginning of don't talk about things you shouldn't be talking about because you don't know. What did they do? By faith, he started singing hymns. It says he ended up there because he was doing what God had told him to do. He was walking by faith. I think there's people here tonight who've been walking by faith, and you are in the jail. And you haven't been singing hymns. You've been singing the blues or whatever. (laughs) Whatever that is. You know why that is? Listen, the devil is coming for your confidence in God. And Paul and Silas were not about to have their confidence in the God they were serving stolen that night in that prison. So they just started singing. Hallelujah. That song we sang Sunday would be a good one for everybody in the church to memorize. He will take care of me. He's going to take care of me. I mean, if you can't speak faith, sing, he'll take care of me. That's faith. Stay in faith. Because we are about to see God do some mighty things. Not just in this church, but if he does them in the church, it's going to come through your lives. You are all candidates sitting here tonight for great things. And these aren't small things. But this is not a time to talk about things you don't know about. Just last week, uh, before when Pastor John was getting ready to preach, I think Sunday's message is when God really began to speak to me uh, about faith. He's been speaking all this time, but boy, it was very serious on Saturday. And, and I'm not at liberty to share all the things that God showed me. But we are living in a critical time. There are going to be more and more evil reports. And it says that our heart will be steadfast in Psalm 112. And it will be steadfast in faith. Everybody say in faith. Now, I don't know what it is you're working on. I don't know what it is that God's been showing you. But I know, there, I know that there is a fight in this church for faith. Part of it is because of what we're doing for Pastor Stanley. It happened last year in October when we did the thing for Pastor Stanley. I mean, when we said we're going to raise $50,000 the money in the general fund started drying up in this church. And God spoke to me in the park, and he said, this is, this is the enemy standing against what I told you to do. Speak what I told you. Everybody say, speak. Faith. And, and we went through that battle for about a month. I mean, it was every week. How many of you have ever had to watch your checkbook every day? Am I the only one? Sometimes twice a day. How many, you know, it was, it was a battle. It was a battle before, and it was a battle afterward. But you know what God showed me? That just strengthened your faith. I thought, could we find a better, I mean, do we have an easier, is there an easier way to do that? But it's not easier because we're growing in our faith. And if we're going to raise 50000 in October, I didn't know he was going to say 100000 But I'm glad we made the 50000 and we fought that fight of faith. Because now we're fighting for 100,000, and I learned a few things. Now, I've still missed it a few times, but I repent, and I say, God, it wasn't my idea. It wasn't my husband's idea. 
I know it wasn't Pastor John's idea. This is something that was birthed by you, and we don't know what's going to happen in Sudan. So God does. He knows everything. So all I'm called to do is keep speaking faith about those finances. I believe every message Pastor John's preached the last three Wednesday nights have been for this church to increase our faith and to believe it's not us, it's God, but to get us excited about what God's going to do. And so we can sit here and go, oh, boy, instead of, oh, boy, this is it. I mean, this is going to be exciting. We are three weeks to the count. Is it three weeks? Oh, two and a half. John knows better than any of us. Hallelujah. Because now I'm just behind him saying, go, John. Go, Pastor John. Go. And Bill. And and I'm not in that position. But I'm telling you, we're all responsible for our part. Every one of us plays, plays a part in this church. And the things that you do that God's moving in and you release your faith, you'll be surprised when you wake up one day and find out all your needs were being met and you didn't even know it because you were so focused on getting through what God wanted to do. It is time for us to stop talking about things we do not know. Curiosity killed the cat. I'm not going to die. And I don't want any of you to die either. Let's stand up tonight. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every person here. In the name of Jesus, I'd like you just to bow your heads. You know, um, I believe that there's some of you here that are really at critical points. I don't believe God would have put this word in my heart to share. Sometimes we walk through things as leaders that our people are going through just so we know how to minister to our people because we're, we're all walking and we're all fighting. There's a purpose and a destiny for you, for your life. And God has called you to walk by faith. And for some of you, you have let go of that and you started believing things that, that aren't God. And you've talked about them. And this is the night we're going to stop all that talk. And we're going to start speaking only what God has told us. We're not going to speak other things. Can't speak them, Tiffany. Everything you're going through, God knows about. And there's a purpose. There's a purpose. It will make you stronger. How many of you say that's me tonight? I know that's me. I, I, I've, been, I've been talking what I shouldn't be talking. My words have not been lining up. And I've been finding answers that were my answers and maybe not God's. So now I'm, I'm in a place where I need to really know God. Let me see your hands. Just lift them up so I can see where you are. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Now I want you to think about what those words, where you've spoken those words. And I want you right now where you're standing, you know who you are. God, I repent. Let's just all say this. God, I repent for talking about things I don't know about. Put a guard over my mouth. Now tonight, I bind the devil and his lies and his assignment against you. I bind words that have been spoken. And other people have gotten in agreement with you. Other people have gotten in agreement with you. And that just makes it exactly what the Word of God says. Wherever two or three agree, that works in the kingdom of the enemy as well as it works in the kingdom of God. We just cancel those words in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We take authority and dominion over those words. If that's you, I want you to come up here to the altar a minute. Come on down here. You raised your hand. Don't be embarrassed. I was down here first.
this is what I feel that God wants us to do. We repent, but then, Pastor Elizabeth said it, we remind ourselves of, you know, when we take communion, we're reminding ourselves, we're doing it in remembrance of Christ. I want you to bow your heads, and I want you to remember right now what it was God told you that you've been talking about. What did God tell you? What did God tell you? Not what people told you. What did God tell you? Now, Lord, I thank you that faith will rise back up in their hearts. Pray for faith to rise up in your heart right now. We hope you've been encouraged, strengthened, and challenged in your walk with Jesus. If you need prayer for situations in your life, we encourage you to email us at prayer at victorylafayette.org or call our offices at 765-447-7777. If you desire to make Jesus the Lord of your life, or if you've drifted away from the relationship you once had, I encourage you to pray this prayer with me today. Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. I believe Jesus died for me and rose from the dead. Today, I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I receive the forgiveness for all my sins. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you come into my life and empower me to live a victorious life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen.